we would go and like he would like defenders or attackers like one of the sides would get to pick the locations like that but he didn't tell us like what a uh, Sorry. Hello. Um, we just started recording. We'll just cut all of this later. So yeah, we're gonna. I know. I know. I'm just being. We a, just started recording, so we'll probably. I'm just talking into the done, mic because I want like, Rob to be able to hear what's going on. Within an hour, and then heading home. So I'll probably want him to have to have to cut all of this, even though he's not here. Not yet. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna just come home and eat. Just doing ASMR here and into the microphone while he's on the phone. Okay, sounds good. Because all this is getting cut later anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I was being an asshole. Being an asshole because I knew you stole your headphones on, so you are part of me. <laughs> That's okay, I'll fix it in post. Sure. <laughs> Welcome to Preferred Enemies, the Warhammer 48K podcast that knows how to spin a good story. I'm your host, Rob. Kevin. Dennis. And uh, no Richard, although he was here yesterday. and We have if, photos. We, we have, have photos. photos. <laughs> In fact, a good number of you have seen the photos. And if our sound quality is a bit different today, that's because we are not recording online as we normally do. Mm-hmm. We are actually here in person mm-hmm. at the Sheraton Crown Center. Don't like it. Don't like, like recording you in person. It. You don't miss these no, days? No, do not miss this. <laughs> oh, this is wonderful. <laughs> uh, but we are all here together for the Warhammer US Open Kansas City, the Kansas last City. US Open for 2022. After this, there's the New Mexico Invitational like Grand Finale. Grand Finale, yeah. Which uh, several people got invited to. Uh, unfortunately for the narrative, it's not invite only, and we have to pay our own way, so we don't mm. know who we'll be going. Really would like to. I'd like to, and I will probably be in Albuquerque the weekend <laughs> that it's happening, but mostly because I'm driving through to like come back home for holidays. So, so. but uh, yeah, so we like we talked about this last episode because we were talking about playing Crusade and. And I know for the two of you, this was your first real experience with yes. Crusade. Yes. And so we played in the narrative event, which was done with Crusade rules. And I want to say this was handled phenomenally. Oh, yeah. Zach uh, ran the event, and he did a great He's job He's one of the uh, heads of uh, U.S. organized with, events. Yeah. And he was, you know, he was running around doing other things and helping out with us. But like the narrative was kind of his his baby, and he was giving us the mission briefings and would set up the new scenarios and stuff. And it was going around and like he he would give out like chits for like objectives well, or secondary. Let's yeah. let's kind of set set yeah. the stage for this. So um so yeah we we went in that we I think we started with twenty players yes and then ended yep. with what eighteen yes. I think we 18, only had yeah. a couple of people I think only two, yeah I think that, only two people know, dropped drop. uh but um basically we went in. And when we, like the week before, he had sent out uh, basically an email with a Google form attached yep. or linked to it, said like, okay, so what faction are you playing and are you see yourself as more aligned with the forces of order or the forces mm. of ruin? Yep. And that was to kind of figure out what's, you know, which side are you going to be on? And that's always a tricky thing with like a narrative event because the factions in, in 40K are so disparate yeah. yes. that try to figure out, like... You can do like Imperium versus Chaos, but that leaves out all the Xenos, Xenos. players. And so they did Forces of Order and Forces of Ruin, kind of like old school, uh, like Warhammer Fantasy, where you had the, force, yeah. the, the Forces of Order and the Forces of Ruin, or for, you know, Forces of Destruction. Yeah. And uh, so 
I know originally I you and I, Dennis, were signed up for Order because I was bringing Tau, and Tau are all about Order. And I was Sisters of Battle with an Inquisitor, even though it was a Xenos Inquisitor who brought along some Xenos tech and <laughs> my the Leagues of Votan, which people were excited to see. So I was yeah. I was thrilled to have them. I think ready for a lot for of people, event. this is the their first experience, like this first chance be, yeah. seeing them. Not not just seeing them play, but seeing the models on the table. Yeah, period. it was the first time I'd seen the models, and yeah. And, really good. and then Kevin, you, uh, you signed up. <laughs> I was bringing my world eater, so yeah, I was forced, forced to. Ruin. And <laughs> you got a special response when you put yeah. yours in. So I, I obviously I had to do the the. I was filling out the Google form, and it's you, know, you put in your faction, your name, yada yada yada, and then like any comments about your army at the end. So obviously I I just spammed in like blood for the blood god like eight times in the in the comment because why not. And then, uh, Zach reached out to me and like emailed me. He's like, Oh yeah, like he's, cause he's a world leaders player as well. And he's, <laughs> we, he was like, oh, I'm excited for Angron and like the new stuff. Like it's gonna be amazing. And then he gave, uh, he gave out burdens and he get, did give some burdens to other people. I, I don't, don't think everybody, we, we did. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I, think everybody got I, them, but I never some people got one, but I think that's cause he saw how I was playing and he said, Oh, you've got a burden already. And, yeah. and yeah, that's how I'm well, spinning it in my mind. Well, and I don't think everyone got one, but I know that he gave a few out like over the, like as yeah. the narrative progressed. But my, my burden was, uh, blood for the blood god appropriately, where it was kill 88% of your opponent's force. So 44 power level or 88 power level, depending on the game size of the game. But the twist was uh, your your deaths count for that too because <laughs> corn corn, uh, which is great. Which is one of my again one of my favorite rules in the corn demon king codex was you got blood tithe points for even your own units dying because who cares? <laughs> um, so I I did achieve that in all five games mostly because I got tabled three times. <laughs> Well, I did not table you, Kevin. You <laughs> came dangerously close. Yes. <laughs> and yet you still won that game. I did well, still win that yeah. game. Well, yeah. Like, the I Chaos won, Gods yeah. were very happy with that I won that a couple game. of games that I nearly got tabled. Yeah. But it's like every game was came down very, was very close and came down to the end. So, yeah. Um, and so we're split into these two camps. Yep. And he starts out presenting the... The scenario, it's a return to Vigilus. Mm-hmm. And he says, okay, so the forces of ruin, like the first scenario, and I'm not going to get necessarily retell all the scenarios, but just kind of give you an idea what the setting is. The first scenario is like the forces of ruin are trying to establish a beachhead. And so, uh, you're going to, um, it was trying so, to se- secure uh, Manifactorum. So, oh, yeah. So trying were, to secure, yeah. So, yeah. You're so trying because you need to get resources and deny yeah. them to the enemy. So, there were specific tables that were set up that had different types of terrain, and they yeah. didn't really tell us ahead of time. Yeah. Well, like what the and specific that's, detail was. We're gonna, that's going to be a common thread. Yeah. But in a good way. Don't, but, don't yeah, make that seem like Which it. was great. Because, like, one of the sides was declared to be the attacker defender and, like, got to pick the mission, got to pick the tables. But didn't know which tables were necessarily more important. Right. So, you know, in, in the narrative, like, it, whoever won those specific tables had, like, an extra bonus that, that went into the narrative. But overall, it was still who won more games. So, you know, Forces of Ruin won more games in the first round, but we didn't win all the Manifactorums. So, uh, Forces of Order actually, like, the, sto- the narrative advanced in a way that Forces of Ruin, like, progressed in their objectives... But because Forces of Order man- managed to keep enough of the Manifactorums, they actually got a power level boost in the second game. Because they had resources. Because they had burn, resources. And you got reinforcements coming in yeah. from the Imperium because they're like, oh, this is serious. So it was, it was very, it was a neat way to, to, you know, like we talk about in like role playing games, success with a twist or failure with a twist because it's like, oh, you failed because you got beat this round, but you won the secondary. 
so it advances in this way. And it was a very neat way to do it. And that, mm-hmm. that was a repeating thing that happened throughout the event. And I guess one thing I'll toss out that I liked, and especially in the, the first cup, oh, it went throughout the entire thing, is whoever was the defenders got to get together with their faction and decide where they were going to kind of set up their defense at. So mm-hmm. it was almost like you were at, this was a super large battlefield and each of the generals was going to, here's your certain thing, defend this. Here's your certain thing, defend yeah. this. And then the other half of the fun part of that is the attackers then got to, as a faction itself, or just talking amongst themselves, choose either where they wanted to fight or who they wanted to fight because yep. they would have the, Reconnaissance knowledge of, oh, well, Astro Metal Tarm's here. Oh, yeah. Grey Knights are over here. The Slanesh player avoided the Grey Knights like the plague. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, and, and that was a great thing because it, it added that extra layer of meta strategy to it as well because you didn't, obviously, you didn't want to have to play the same fight and the same army multiple times, but like you could pick the matchups that were best for you. And, you know, uh, there was the, you know, the table, a couple of my matchups. I, you know, I picked opponents that were good for my army, but also, like, there was one where, like, I, you know, I set up on a table first, and then the opponents are like, oh, world leaders have in melee, so I'm going to pick a mission that allows me to castle in the corner and sh- be able to shoot a bunch before they get to me. So there's a lot of, like, strategy, counter-strategy that went right. into oh, it, and I and really like that. the missions got, they weren't always picked by the defender, but it kind of bounced between mis- or defender or attacker mm-hmm. based on how things went in the previous yes. rounds. Yes. Yeah. Defender always gets to pick their deployment table. zone for, yeah. they get to pick their table in, in Crusade. You get to, if you're a defender, yeah. you get to pick your, uh, yeah. your deployment, deployment zone. zone. You deploy first. And then the missions, some of the missions say the attacker gets to run, go first or gets to choose whether they want to go first. Some say the defender, some, it's just you roll off. But I, I was more getting at the point of the attacker or defender sometimes, whoever chose the mission, because the oh, missions yeah. weren't random and yeah. they weren't fixed. Well, yes. but also, like the, not only that, but like the, you, because you, because of that, like the mission, some of the missions you can pick one, not just based on like the layout, but maybe picks pick one based yeah. on like this is going to give me a bit of an yes. edge. Yeah, like like I I picked the the fifth mission against Dennis specifically because it allowed me to deploy as far forward as possible. Yeah, because he got gave half me a the table bigger, was his deployment half zone. A, half a table deployment <laughs> yeah. zone. So I was like, this allows me to get in turn one, especially after the previous round where I didn't get in until like turn four and only had two or three units left. Yeah. So yeah, like there was a lot that went into it and I thought that was a very neat way to do it because it's not it's not as random as rolling, it's not as like fixed. advantageous as like being fixed. It's like that. It's like you actually like it just Yeah, and you're yeah, not you're not yeah. as likely to get screwed by a random bad matchup. Yeah. You know that there's strategy involved in sometimes like we got to pick our opponent, you know, because yeah. we could get pick our opponents. Like second round, I'm like Dennis. I'm picking you because I, <laughs> I was to- not expecting you, that to be you honest. Get to, you, get to, you get to hunt out. You either got to hunt out good tables, good matchups, or good missions. Yeah. So you were never completely. You never walked up to a table and immediately like, oh, I I can't do this. Right. You 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 either you either always had an opponent that you wanted to play, a mission you wanted to play, or a table you wanted to be on. So that was really cool. Yeah. Um, and so we, f- we started the, like the first two games we did at 50 power level. So, uh, as we talked about last, last time with Crusades, like you build an order of battle and they said, okay, you have a hundred, you, you have a supply limit starting out at, of a hundred. You can take a hundred PL when you come into this and you had to start with like a fresh Crusade army. And 
then you can use 50 of that to build your army for the first two games. Doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the same 50 necessarily, but it has to be 50. Now, for me, it was the same 50 because my other 50 couldn't be divvied up. Right. But <laughs> it could be. It just would require a hacksaw. I'd rather... It's magnetized. <laughs> it's magnetized. Um, but that allowed... Like, you had these two kind of smaller games played on smaller fields, played on, like, 44 by 30 yep. to kind of warm up, get used to it. And that was a good way for, like... Especially, we had a lot of people who were new to Crusade. Yeah. And this was a way for them to kind of get rolling, kind of get a feel for right. for the I, difference. That would be my one of my critiques or criticisms is I kind of wish before the first round of the first game, mm-hmm. we might have had like an hour, hour and a half of help with the people who are brand new to Crusade yeah. on how to fill out the things, how you know what your order of battle and all that. Because, I mean, right. yes, you can read through it, and we I think Kevin and I prepped, but even that Friday afternoon, we got here early enough where you were kind of helping – both of us it's, in a way. I had all my stuff put together, yeah. but and as I've got experience. Right. And it's and very, a lot of the rules for Crusade appear at first blush to be very like cumbersome and kind of like abstract. They're not. Once you get into it and you do it, it's actually pretty straightforward, but it is a lot and it's a lot of extra systems to a game that we've talked about in the past. Right. <laughs> has a lot of systems. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, yeah, I would have preferred. Because all of the stuff that we did, like mission briefings, were about the narrative. Yes. There was not any, like, this is just general crusade stuff. Yeah. Um, This is how, yeah. And I think you're right. I think that would have been neat. It felt like half narrative, half crusade, which I I liked both. I probably prefer the narrative part more, but I was happy that my first two opponents, which one was you, Rob, helped out with either explaining the crusade stuff or just being patient and just kind of saying, this is what it is. So, yeah. Some of the players there had the knowledge and helped out, but I would have liked to kind of seen something up front. Now yeah. I will say by round by rounds four, round five, I think oh, everybody yeah. had a good handle. I on think it. so. Yeah, <clears throat> once once I well, went through after the first after the first round and like did all the scores and did all the sheets and like then tracked all the experience, it was very easy going forward. It's just that practical experience you yes. needed to actually hands on. Okay, this is. What I need to update, this is where, what changes here, this is how I upgrade a unit, things like yeah. that. And I, I will yeah. admit, truthfully, between rounds four and five, I was like, I'm tired, I've played a lot of games, I'm not worrying about my upgrades now. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and then obviously this was, like, we, like, we didn't, we didn't even worry about agendas in the last game because we're like, well, this is the end of the crusade. It doesn't matter if we get XP for a game <laughs> right. that's going to get played. See, I did because I would like to use this crusade sure. list in another sure. event one day. That and is I might, fair. And I might go through and write and like write up the stuff for that last game just yeah. to just to have it. But if but, I don't, I don't. But yeah, and then going into the mission, like something you had mentioned is handing out shits, and, yes. <laughs> and so so basically. So, you know, he sets up the narrative. Here's what our goal is. Like, you're trying to establish a beachhead. You're trying to keep trying to push them out. Or you're trying to advance out of your start landing zones. You're trying to contain them. You know, and and so he would separate us up into two groups. And that's when he would do the things like, okay, you get to pick your tables. And like telling each kind of huddling up with each faction. And then when he did, he would hand out like one or two tokens. I think. Round five, it was just one token yeah. to everybody, but every other round, it seemed like it was two. Yeah. And it wasn't the same two tokens, not even to every side. It was sometimes different to- pairs of tokens to individual players on yep. the side. And so, for example, you might get, you need to make uh, a devastating, like a devastating assault 
or a devastating advance and take acceptable losses. Yeah. Or, or pierce their lines and, uh, minimize casualties or stuff, you know. Yeah. That, so there was a whole, like, I don't know how many total there were. I think I got, I got a couple repeats because well, of I, what my army was. Yeah. Well, there, there was a lot. And it seemed like, at least on the order yeah. side, he would look around. I mean, the first rounds, he kind of just like, he, like, I think it was round three. Yeah. Gave two tokens to five people and then gave a different set of two tokens to the other five mm-hmm. saying, and explaining kind of what they're giving hints, I guess. Yeah. Kind of what they were. And then like four, I know specifically, well, he looked at each person and he, I think, forgot some of the, who was playing what, which is yeah. understandable. But based on your faction, he was like, Oh, I want you to go assassinate their leaders. I want you to go kill the, or like hold the supply lines. I want you to like outflank. Mm-hmm. And, and he, well, Each one was a different thing yeah. for them to do that was neat that it seemed like you had the overarching general hierarchy that was telling the minor generals to go, here's yeah. your mission. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it is very interesting because each of those, like I said, each of those chits was a very specific game state. Yes. And like that's part of the narrative and part of the, the fun and like the game of it is figuring out your, as your faction, figuring out what each of those game stat- states are, how you score it so that you can communicate to your team that, okay, Pierce their lines as line breaker and so hold the lines probably is is in your yeah, deployment zone exactly. So it's like so if you get that, that's what you need to do to complete this and get a bonus, which you know went into the narrative. And then on the flip side, you didn't want to tell your opponents because if they hadn't figured it out, now they know how to stop it. <laughs> so like, and that that's a very neat uh, element to it. And I think that you know that's a that's a, just another really cool system kind of on top yeah. of it that I yeah. think added to and it. The part the that was frustrating and nice, I'll say more nice than frustrating, is he had the numbers in his head of what was going on and he would walk mm-hmm. around and see the board states. So you didn't fully know yep. how you were doing until you saw the results afterwards because you could talk amongst your teammates, oh yeah, Order won this table or Chaos yeah. won this table or Ruin won this table. But that but doesn't necessarily tell the whole story. It's right. not just based off well, of wins and losses. Exactly. Yeah, win with the success or, you know, success, you know, win but with a with a side, you know, yeah. a, a twist and, and things like that. Also, I, I want to add such a nice difference between competitive and narrative play because the way this is handled, your record doesn't matter. Yeah, your no. team's record overall doesn't matter. It's how you're doing round to round. Yeah. Each game is important. Each game is its own microcosm of stuff that you have to do. And you don't like the stuff that the only things you have to worry about carrying over from before is the experience and abilities that you may have leveled up into. And I'll, I'll toss another thing on that, which we, since we were right next to the GT, yeah. um, we could hear all the, Hey, this round, this round. And then looking at things is like, they rush to play the game. And yes. when I've been in the GT before, I, you have to be on your ball. You have to be playing. Mm-hmm. You have to go in. And this definitely was a slower pace. Oh, for sure. We got to look things up. We got to chit chat and socialize with our opponents. Yeah. And so it was, it was a much more relaxed, but we were still all trying to play to yeah. win the game, but it kind of felt more like, I don't say the beer and pretzels, well, but that's the best thing. Is yeah. No, in your but, basement. Well, yeah. and, and very much beer and pretzels because they did also have the, the oh, bar as well. Fine. So, um, <laughs> but no, um, but they also had that for the GT. So, but, um, no, it, it was very much. Very similar to like our experience at LVO friendly. Yeah. Because, you know, we had one game Friday night and we didn't really have an end limit, you know, end time limit. We had two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. And like the only really hard time limit we had on Sunday was we'd like to be wrapped up by 430 so we could start doing awards. 
and even then, I think it kind of went over, you know, some of the games went over that a little bit. Only a little bit, but, but, um, yeah. but, but yeah, that, even, that was still like a four-hour block of time. Yeah, even such, it's still easily four hours for each game, so you weren't rushed, you, you had plenty of time, you could look rules up, you could, you had time between rounds to do the crusade upkeep, you yeah. know, and, and modifying the units and things like that, so... Yeah, you didn't feel rushed. It was very much that LVO friendly experience. Yeah. Um, which I like. Yeah, no, it's definitely crusade and friendly and things like that is definitely becoming my, it's very quickly becoming my preferred <laughs> way to play. Yeah. Um, and then we haven't even talked about the other number system that is on top of all this other right. stuff. And this is one where we did, we were aware of the numbers yep. and were aware exactly of what needed to be done to accomplish those numbers. But we weren't always aware of the extra things behind them. Yes. Yeah. And we weren't sure. Yeah. We didn't know what they necessarily meant. And in fact, he even said, like Zach said at the beginning and had said, like, in, I think in the packet, he even, mm-hmm. even says, like, Hey, there's this fame and infamy system. You can choose not to engage with right. it. It doesn't, like, it's not going to impact your gameplay necessarily. It doesn't give you any bonuses. It was just to affect the narrative. It's yeah. affect the narrative. And so every mission at, like, after the, at the end of the briefing, it'd say, Okay, so for fame and infamy, for fame, do this thing. For infamy, do this. do this thing, and if and it was on a scale of basically each mission, you could get up to five, I believe, yeah, in well, one direction or other, and you could in some missions do both the fame and infamy mm-hmm. thing, and in like because there was one like I think second round where it's like stay engaged, yeah, have you engage, warlord, yeah, warlord, warlord engage. in, in engagement range every round, every turn, like at the end of every battle round where you're in engagement range, you gain a fame. Every round that you're not, you gain an infamy. So yeah. it. it and I think I ended up at like plus two and then minus three, so I ended right. up like negative one for the round. I was at minus four because I was in engagement range, and then my warlord died, so he was minus the rest of the round. <laughs> yeah, because he said they even said like, yeah, yeah, if you're dead, that's one off yeah. every turn, and so you could go in. It's like, do you want to? Do you want to get the fame, or do you want to get the infamy? Do you want to try to stay in the mm-hmm. middle? Well, and like you said there, I didn't. I didn't get a burden. Yeah, so I said I'm just going to go all in on this fame infamy thing, yeah. and I did not play optimally for other things, but I played optimally to get that fame. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I was I was trying to play to get as much infamy as I could because I maxed out infamy basically in the first game, and I came close in the second game, and then in the third game, actually I maxed it out in the third game too because I my warlord died to their warlord. <laughs> And I was like, okay, maybe I have a good shot at this. And then I only scored like two more in the last two games. I was like, ah, that's, you know. <laughs> and there was one mission, I want to say it was mission four, because it was the first one this morning, mm-hmm. where the, the, the fame infamy objective actually, A, did have a, a more clear effect on the narrative. Yes. And also in seriously could impact how you used your warlord for sure i didn't i i choose i chose a different hq unit to be my warlord for that mission because i want karn running around killing things right whereas like one of my exalted champions i don't care you sit in the back and i I didn't have an option because i only had one sister character with the highest leadership which was celestine yeah so she went around doing the action for that round and not participating really yeah. yeah. So that and, was another time where I prioritized fame over the mission. Which which makes sense <laughs> because again in the narrative rather than Celestine 
focusing on fighting to win the battle, she was off doing her own personal fame and glory. Yeah. And caused Order <laughs> to lose a couple matches, probably. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I also liked was with the, the burden that I had, like, it did have a, a, I would assume it had a tangible effect on the narrative because he kept mentioning in points like, oh, okay, well, Order won this round, but they incurred heavy losses so you don't get resupplies and things like that. And I'm like, I assume that was because, like, well, in my game, like the first game, there was one model left. In the second game, there was, like, two units left. The third game, it was, like, only a couple. You know, so they were very bloody, very, like... Yeah. So I, I, I assume that the burden impacted that way, where it's like, okay, you won, but you inflicted heavy losses, so you don't get this extra thing, or something like that. So yeah. it did impact the narrative. Well, it's like, yeah, for uh, that round, we get, like, we're playing through the mission, so we get to the last, like, last turn, or, like, turn four. Mm-hmm. And this was one where you're, basically, for, for turn three, it's like, your warlord can take an action at the start of their command phase to or, to either consecrate or desecrate a building, like desecrate or consecrate or desecrate a ruin, and it's not finished until the end of your movement phase. Yep. Or no, the end of your next turns. command phase, or, yeah, is it, is, yeah. or is it over at the end of your, your next command? It phase? was the next command phase, which is why that one you could only do yeah. three times. Which we talked to him and said, "Oh, that was a mistake. I just want to make sure that I covered so you couldn't psychic do stuff." So. But yeah, so it's only three instead of five. Yeah, right. I'll make mental note of that. Yeah, and so I, I had like my war. I I did my um, Christ like my enforcer commander, my warlord. He can move across the table, mm-hmm. and so first round he tags a building. He means he's not shooting. He's just yeah. sitting there tagging a building. Yep. So second round jump tag. Third round tag a building. Fourth, I like I jump ahead to. Sh- like to like lobs I advance to the next building, I lob some pot shots oh at the at like the enemy, take out like one of his redemptors, and then I use an object I use like the the jump jetpack jump to move out of the way. And I like I let land like I've got like partially on an objective marker. So I'm just like, okay, so I'm holding an objectives. And I look at the score and I'm like even with me holding objectives, I'm not going to win this game. Yeah. Like I, and if I do sit on this objective, he's going to want to kill me to make sure I'm not on that objective for turn five. Yeah. So I said, okay, so we haven't like at the end of the turn, I'm like, okay, so wait a minute, let me next turn. I want to tag this building to, to get my infamy. Would you, since this spot over here is still within the six inch movement from my jump, but isn't on the objective, would you be cool if I move there instead, so I'm not trying to stop you from winning the game, <laughs> but I can do my fame and infamy. And he's like, looks at it, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I think I'd be fine with it. And so then he just like moves the Redemptor over towards me, but just kind of stares at me while I finish <laughs> spray painting the building. So he watches you you spray paint. I just aggressively look at him while I'm like, what do you want to do about soon, it? And then as soon as you were – and then – after like the game ended, as soon as he, he died, spray he, painting, he just got he took a full like plasma cannon. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like something like that would never happen in a competitive event. Yeah. No, like, because it's like I'm you know it, you're going to want to either try to maximize points or and he's going to want to stop you yeah. from doing that. It's like okay, well this isn't really going to change the outcome of the game. You're going to win either way. Would you let me do this thing? Okay, yeah. Sure, sure. We, we had a similar thing in, in so I played Dennis in round five. So we had a similar thing at the end of our game where. Uh, objectives we had to like kind of find the objective find the courier um (laughs) and you get points for searching and then you get points and you find it and you hold it and i basically it wound up being away from the table where all the fighting was so 
there was no way for Dennis to get to the objective. I was going to be able to hold it. He wasn't able to kill all the units to get to it. So nope. like, I was going to win regardless. Right? Yep. And we're like, well, there's no way you can win. The only thing it might be able to do is we might be able to get Celestine and Karn and a couple other units into combat. So we're like, well, that gives you a chance to get more inf- fame. You know, fame. So, and yeah, you just wanted do- to see like, so, yeah, like lots of berserkers so, kill like, lots let's of. Do this. So it's like, okay, so we ran a couple units in the middle and we, we fought and it was just more of like, okay, how does this impact this? And, you know, and we'd be like, we like rolled off to see like who got the charge and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, just to, just to see like what would happen. And it didn't really impact the game at all other than the, other know, than Celestine, the, like the fame and fighting Karn. Yeah. 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 Other than, which like, is very the, fitting. Yeah. Other than like, <laughs> other than the fame system in mechanic, like, it didn't really impact because the game was already over. There's yeah. no way, you know, it really would have impacted anything. Right. But it was, but yeah, like it was that type of thing of like, this is a cool thing to do. Let's, let's make it happen. Right. Um, but if you're playing to like minimize, maximize, yeah. you know, maximize points or minimize, you know, how many points you give up, it was bad. It would have been a bad yeah. maneuver, but yeah, it was fun. Yeah. And that's, I think that's, the, you're there to like, let's have fun. Yeah. Let's tell an interesting story. Yeah. And yeah, that's the, this narrative event was all about that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, so, okay. So I'm going to pivot over to like each of us in turn and mm-hmm. like talk about like how you're, how you felt about your army play. Cause like Kevin, you got to break your world eaters out for the first time <laughs> yeah. in a long time. And yeah. The last time on this codex. <laughs> yeah. I had, I had, um, not played them since LVO friendly last year, early, was it early this year? Um, did you go to the 2022? Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. Yeah. No, I, no, I guess it was 2020. Yeah. Yeah. This is the 2020 LVO that, that you, that you and I both went to. Yeah. So that was the last time I had played my world eaters. And obviously it was the eighth edition codex and a lot different. There are a lot of things I like. And we talked about this when, when the world eaters, uh, it, white dwarf index came out, but similar thoughts still. Karn is a beast. Very slow. Not tough enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, tough four is hard. Uh, berserkers are blunders. Have a lot of attacks, but the one damage really holds him back. Because against against things that had multiple wounds, uh, blade guard veterans in the first and second game, custodes, custodes in the third game. Um, they didn't get anywhere in the fourth game, but uh, in the fifth game against like the Hernkin pioneers and the the Paragon warsuits, it was like. It's going to be very difficult for them by themselves to kill them unless I like focus and get the entire unit on one thing and drown it in, you know, a bunch of melee well, attacks. That's what you're supposed which, to do. Which is what I did. Kevin, remember the phrase from the first time? Oh, do not split your attacks. That was more with the chitin. <laughs> that was more with the chitin because he had limited attacks. But like it was, it was one of those things where it, it, unlike when I was facing like say guard or, uh, or even your sisters of battle. Um, when I was fighting them, they have one, you know, one wound. They blend right through them. Yeah, like I they, had, I melted. I had two berserkers roll up a twenty-man unit of Cadians in combat, and like, so, like, yeah, like you're, you're not, you know, you're, you're able to do this, but when you run into something that has more than two wounds, it's really hard to like get all of the wounds off of them just at one damage per. Um, so I hope in the World Leaders Codex there are options. To do multiple wounds. And I imagine that might be like what the big chain axes do, um, is you trade attacks for extra damage or something like that. You know, so the, the, the great chain axe is going to be two damage or three damage or something. Other than that, like it played very much how I wanted it to. 
there's also some things just from being a an index army that I knew going in were going to be I don't say hindrances, but like less just than issues, ideal. Less than ideal. There are no crusade rules for world leaders, <laughs> unlike so, every other. Yeah, unlike every other legion that gets specific agendas, specific relics, specific warlord traits. So there's none of that. So yeah, that's I knew that I knew that going in, so I wasn't too worried about it. There are a there's a dearth of stratagems, which is a weird thing to say in a game where we complain about the amount of stratagems, but there are no like. There are no stratagems that you would expect for world leaders. There's no stratagem to let you reroll charges. There's no stratagem to give you extra movement. There's no stratagem to do an extra attack. Or, uh, there, there's, or is there one? There's like one, but it's actually there's one that does that, but it's like a generic space marine one. Like there's 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 a few that are helpful, but there's there's a couple there that you just would expect that aren't. And I'm like, like I should like there should be one for berserkers to fall back and then it's and then assault and there's not. Right. So it's like. Maybe the, those are well, and part of that holding is those the, out for the well, yeah, because part well, and part of that is like the Chaos Space Marine Codex sure. is written with the idea that there's a world eater shaped hole that sure. you use the world <laughs> they use the world eaters codex they, to fill yeah. in. But they gave us like so they gave like nine stratagem yeah. cards in the White Dwarf, uh-huh. which is great. Like there, but one of them is Scorn of Sorcery, which is a reprint from the Chaos cards. <laughs> so you have so eight. you could have given me another one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like. It, no, Again, it's he a, said there's eight. That's fitting, right? It's a it's a minor complaint. It's still a fun army to play. It it killed a lot in every game. The first game there was one model left on the table when the game ended. The second game there were only two units. The third game there was I had a couple units that were alive, and the custodes player had a couple of like one man, you know, one guy left in a unit. The fourth game went sideways, <laughs> so there was a lot left. They, the guard, I did, I destroyed one unit of guardsmen and one tank. And in a melee army, if I'm only able to kill two units, I've lost the game. And then against Dennis, like it was Celestine, Celestine, the Voton, Celestine, the Voton, and, and a, like one other squad. So every game was very bloody, and it, you know, I only had a, a few units left on my side. Yes, I got tabled three times, <laughs> yeah. so like completely. So it's like. It was, it does, it, it's exactly what the army box says on the tin. It's, it's, you know, run into melee and, and kill things. Yeah. So. And then. A plus. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dennis, you played a very interesting soup mix. Oh, we talked yeah. about it a little bit yeah. already, but, uh, like, obviously, like you've, you've played your sister at the GT level before. Yeah. And so, and you've played this particular night in the friendly tournament yes. at Midwest Conquest. And so I that, played it at the uh, RTT yeah. at a local game store, so, too. So, like, you're familiar with that part. Yeah. But then you threw in the Inquisitor and the uh, Xenos Inquisitor and some Votons. So yes. How did, how did that all work for you? And, like, what was your experience? Granted, you did not really get to engage with all the Voton rules because you weren't right. running pure Voton. But how, how do you like the feel of them? I, I like them because the thing I'll toss out and we also, well, I'll jump to a side thing if you don't mind. Sure. No. Kevin and I did a um, Titan thing. Yeah, I was gonna. Oh, I, I was right, gonna yeah. talk about this. I yeah, about the Titan walk. Yeah. And that was when I actually got did get to use the judgment tokens. Yeah. So I'll just talk about this. and We'll do the big thing there. The thing I noticed about judgment tokens, it takes a phase out where you don't have to roll a wound. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. So that's the part I did not get to use here, and. I, and from being able to do that and then doing it without judgment tokens, I noticed a big difference. Um, so without judgment tokens, they still f- function fine. And I chose the right weapons because I, I didn't, they have the 
multiple shot one damage gun or the one shot two damage gun. Mm-hmm. And I went with the one shot two damage. And I think that was the right call because going against Black Templars, going against the Berserkers, there was a lot of two wound models out yeah. there. And so those were like failed saves. You go away while to Kevin's point earlier, anything that was one damage is like, Oh, failed save. Oh, you just, you just hurt a little yeah. bit. Mm. But no, the Voton, like in the, f- I kept save them for the hundred point games. Cause that's when like the Inquisitor and in the night and all that showed up. And the Voton came through and the first game was against black Templars of the hundred power level. And I just put them up in a building cause they're not long range. They're like mid range. Mm. Right. But where they were at, I had clear view of like the entire middle of the board. And so anytime the Black Templars, I mean, I kind of coaxed him to come forward a little bit and he, and Templars are an assault army. So they, (laughs) they have to, that's what you do. Yeah. And yeah, after we were an assault or if I fell back with one of my units, which most of the time they just died as opposed to me falling back. Um, I had targets and the Votan were able to just dish out damage because Mm -hmm. those two wounds, I, I mean, being able to do two wounds of the shot was amazing. Um, the railgun, like that game, we also, we took a, it was assassinate type thing where we both had to, I think you did this game later of, we had our characters have intel and we could, if we killed the opponent's characters on turns one and two, we got victory points equal to how much their intel rating was. But then turns three through five, you didn't get that anymore. But if the, the character went to an objective marker and did an action, then you got victory points for, I think, you 10 got victory 10 victory points. points for and then the you also got points for them surviving rounds three, four, five. Okay. Eight, yeah. I don't think I, we didn't do that. Maybe that's why our score was so low. It may have been. But although, again, the individual score didn't really matter. No. It was just, yeah. just win or loss. Win or loss. So I was slightly afraid. I mean, the Black Templars had seven characters there. Yeah. And he also had a squad of snipers and a Vindicare assassin. I was kind of scared by that. Yeah, just I would, to be honest, as one should be. Yeah. So on when I got my first round of shooting, well, thankfully he didn't kill anybody with his sniper's turn one. I was very thankful for that. But the Magna rail rifle killed one of his squad of three snipers. Nice. I was sad I did not roll the six to hit to kill more of them because thus I didn't get the spillover wounds. But I was so hoping. <laughs> um, Pioneers laid down the law on the Vindicare, though. Oh, nice. Two squads of. Two squads of pioneers unloaded all of their shots. Which Kevin, you'll they, say they have a lot of shots. They do. The the pioneers. I, I see why the pioneers are like the standout unit. They're they're very much like the Don Eagle jet bikes in the Custodes book, yeah. in that they're one of the few things that has a ton of mobility, and they put out just a ton of shots. They're not durable. They're not well. They're <laughs> they're 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 I mean, relatively durable because yeah. they're they're tough five with like three wounds like their armor save isn't as yeah the armor save is four up but like the, the, it takes it takes effort to chew through them yes but um no they 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 I don't think their weapons at least the way you had them kitted out their weapons didn't necessarily seem like they were super like like super great weapons no it's it, way to fire but you got a boatload of shots yeah and uh yeah I mean. And I see why they're the standouts in that because they, they fill a role that nothing else in that army does. Right. And, and to the point, Kevin, I, I had one kitted out with the nine shot. Uh, mm-hmm. All that was the standard thing except one had the nine shot gun and one had the beam. Yep. And the beam stratagem I've used a lot here. I use the, um, the Ymir com, uh, conglomeratives. Yeah. Conglomerate. Yeah. There's, um, special stratagem. That says every time you hit with a beam weapon on a model, yeah. or on that model you pick, you just have to hit and it does a mortal wound. 
And that, I, I really like that because you don't have to wound. Just do you hit? They get immortal. I just, you just talking about the Yermir conglomerate. Now I'm like, man, I want to do my custom Votan sect as like a corporate gibberish speak. <laughs> I want to come up with just a corporate I mean, speak gibberish I, faction name. Do it. <laughs> you I have mean, to come up with a mission statement. Though. Oh, oh, uh, one, that mission state, it would get printed out on oh, the back banner then, of my then, display board. And then paint, paint up the armor like their suits. Oh, oh my no. God. I hate this so much. No, only, Carry only, a briefcase. only on the pioneers who have like the big coats. That's that's the suits. Oh, I hate that. I so like much. this idea. Just like we have Craft World from Rob, you can have your new corporate 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 overlords. Corporate corporate over the Caradon corporate um, overlords. But yeah, so being able to do that with the beam weapons was really nice. Yeah. And so yeah. so but the beam all, weapon was all, awesome. all the rest yeah. of the shots, like the nine and the one, but yeah, they've got the three, the two, and then the one. And so they got six extra shots, and if you got three, there's 18 shots just for a squad. Yeah. And That's a lot. That is a lot. Way to fire, for sure. And being able to scout move with them also helps. Mm-hmm. Because then you can kind of position, like, even in our game, you're, like they you were, said. They were right where they needed to be yeah. to take as, to maximize their firepower. Well, and you were also said, you don't need to hide. I don't have any shooting. I'm like, well, well I'm, I'm halfway hiding. I'm not exactly hiding. I'm just, Ooh. I want to put my other things the, where they can shoot yeah. and then pop them the, out first turn to shoot. Because there's a couple other games where people were like, well, I'm going to hide this behind there. And I'm like, I have one unit with any shooting of consequence. Yeah. Well, the I was rest of to, this is bolt pistols. I, I was trying to maximize my space <laughs> to sure. shoot. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, the calls did okay. I mean, his, yeah. his disintegrator did okay. He's okay in melee. He's not an outstanding. He's. he's He's, he's not a melee monster. He's, he's just yeah. he's a space marine captain. Yeah, yeah. which is which is exactly what he is. So yeah, and the I, the troops are solid. Mm-hmm. I forgot again to use my medic ability though. I just thought remember that. I don't know that I ever hit him with anything that did more than one. Da- that did well. The first time I take damage, I oh, reduce, it to, reduce zero. it to zero. Yeah, I I forgot I to it, use that all three I games. Think I, <laughs> I think I only hit them like in our game. I think I only hit them like once. Yeah, but you killed some because I, I, I used yeah, a stratagem to bring true. D3 you, back. You yeah, that's true. And I used that in Sol- the game against Slanesh as well. True. Um, so yeah, I, it's one that's going to... The Votan itself is still learn. Mm-hmm. I remember my scanner thing of like, oh, did. I can go up you to 24 did. inches away and still that. Or the thing where, oh, you don't get or comms is 24 inches away. The call gets the reroll ones and the scanner to remove cover. I'm like, yeah, no cover, Kevin. Well, no light cover, but yeah, sure. <laughs> I was like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and that proved also useful with the, um, Vindicare. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'd say they, they play well. I want to get the rest of the units in play and, and see how they go. No, I was thrilled by them. I was also thrilled by the night. I thought the night would be a fire. Well, it was a fire magnet, but, it lived in all its games until Kevin smashed it with this. <laughs> so the, the, the most epic the, death. Or no, oh, it was the Chitin yeah. death. Yeah, it was the Chitin. Oh, yeah, we should talk about that yeah. one. Because so, that was epic. So the Chitin died in every well, single game. Uh, it, in every every game that I played, it died. Uh, in at well, least do the, what it did first in the last game. Yeah, well, uh, well in the later games, it was ni- nice because uh, it was a distraction card effects for the Mauler Fiend, which got a lot of work done in every game except yours. Oh, I killed you, it first. Because you knew, because <laughs> you played me before, so you knew the Mauler Fiend was very, was dangerous. But I, I, I low-key snuck the Mauler Fiend in on a couple on a couple other opponents, and they're like, oh, that's that thing is nasty. But yeah, in our game, the, uh, you, you... I you took killed, it down half health. You killed the Mauler Fiend, yeah. like, you focused fired on it, and then everything else that was heavy uh, vehicle... Went up the chitin and he took the chitin down to like halfway. Halfway. 
So I, with the battle honors, I was able to upgrade it so that it could use the, uh, blasphemous machines, I think, stratagem, which means it operates at its top bracket and can move and shoot at, at full, at full. So I was like, okay, I can't stand another round of shooting with that because that was only half your, your shooting because you shot the other half at the Mauler Fiend. So I'm like, I've got to like get the knight now. And I thought knights had 26 <laughs> wounds. So I was like, I don't think I can kill this because I missed with one. I'm like, well, I can, I can spike it and do the six damage, but that's only 24 wounds. But I, but I, you know, as you point out, like it only has 24. I'm like, it only oh, has okay, 24. fair enough. So I, I did run over and beat it to death in melee. In one swing, really, in my mind. You yeah, just went Because it, 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 you know, I, I did the smash attack with five five attacks, four hit, boom, you know, all went through and, and no armor save because, and knights don't have invuln saves Correct. in melee. So then I consolidated into your Paragon War Suits and, uh, no, no, just, into, just the, oh, sisters. the sisters. Just the sisters. I consolidated into the unit of sisters who, you know, tried to scuff the paint, maybe took a wound or two <laughs> off it. Then the Paragon War Suits, like the sisters fell back, Paragon War Suits shot, shot it with melted guns and stuff like that. They, yeah, they shot it to death. Yep. Okay. They shot it to death, melted guns, blew it up, and then I rolled like three for it to yeah. blow up. And, and, I, like, and I was I have, fine with that. And I'm like, I have a command reroll. It hasn't blown up yet. So I command Technically, you can't command reroll an explosion oh. result. Oh, well, well, we did. We did. I allowed we it. We did, yeah. Yeah. So I command reroll. I'll allow it. Um, it's, it's narrative. Yeah. You, you command reroll it. I rolled a six. It, and then it was like, okay, the Titan's Titan, a uh, Titan. So it does D6 mortal wounds to every unit within six inches. Six inches. Not so, just three, six inches. That's a lot. So we're like, okay. And there was your Inquisitor. Yep. Your Dogmata. Yep. 20, uh, 20 man block of, uh, sisters. sisters. Two Paragon War suits yep. left. Um, I had like eight Berserkers. So we go first. I'm like, okay, well, let's go to the Inquisitor. Roll the six. So six mortal wounds. Yep. And then you- thankfully she had an upgrade where she could save mortal wounds on a six up. Yeah. And I saved one. You saved one. But she still had five to go. She, she still had five and she thus died because she only had five. And right. then I rolled a six on the dog <laughs> Which I just picked her up. Yeah. <laughs> and then I rolled like a three on the, the sisters. Yep. And then you rolled a six on the berserkers. Yep, I was happy. I was like, "Yeah, retribution." <laughs> and, then, and then I rolled a six on the on the, the paragon war suits, killing so one and a half of them. We destroyed, completely destroyed two characters, crippled a unit, and crippled my berserker unit. Yes, as well. I'm like, oh, it was funny. Those I, those berserkers, oh, those berserkers in Karn that managed to to kill the rest of the sisters. Unit, oh, but, yeah, it took them a while though, but just because it was twenty rounds, bodies yeah. or seventeen bodies, the seventeen now bodies left, through. and I only had two, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, but. But two berserkers and Karn and, and a couple of rounds of melee, like that's how like they're designed for killing low toughness one wound models. Yeah, which so, I was. which they were like, but um, go- yeah. <laughs> so that was amazing. But going back to the knight, like in the Slanesh game, the Slanesh player just left it alone. Yeah, it's like I don't want to deal with it. Although once by the end of the game, we, we were in, he stayed in combat with the demonettes, and he was amazed that the demonettes were just chunking mm-hmm. wounds off of it. Just because they had so many attacks, and yeah. I don't get invuln saves. And he had, well, yeah, because in melee knights don't get invuln saves. Right. He had enough stuff. It looked like he had a he, couple big things that he could have taken well, it out. I, I mean, I don't know if I focus fired stage, those sure. big things because early. Yeah, because so he had <laughs> you a play Slanesh, you know better. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, well, he brought his keeper of secrets up early, and so I just focus fired mm-hmm. it down. It was gone, and then he was like. I don't like those Hurricane Pioneers. <laughs> this, is, this is the advantage of playing someone that knows chaos well, because he knows exactly <laughs> what units to shoot at. <laughs> well, and then his demon prince flew over and was trying to kill the Dogmata, 
Dogmata stayed alive for like ever. Oh, yeah, wow. I, I I came over to like saw part of that combat going on well, where like she's smacking him with a stick and not really getting a lot of wound, getting some wounds here yeah. and there. I mean, she wasn't that great, but the thing here's the thing: instead of focusing on her or the squad of twenty sisters that was, he was there, splitting. he was splitting. And he'd kill some sisters, they were still alive, but the Dogmata stayed. I did that a couple of times with the Chitin, because the the Chitin only heavy finger quotes, <laughs> only has five attacks. Um, and then... Does it have a sweep, too? Or it, just... well, it, so it has the sweep. Okay. So it's like, it only has five attacks, sweeps three attacks for every one. So, but like, compared to some of the other stuff in the army, or compared to like the Warrior Skulls, five yeah. is not that many, and... With the three weapon skill, okay, you should with five, you should hit with four. Since it's me rolling, I hit with about two. <laughs> so, like, very careful. You know, you're not getting a lot. You, you have to out, uh, resource allocation becomes a problem. So, in several of the games, I was like, well, I need to kill. So, my this is what this is what actually caused the problem. My first game, I decided not to split the attacks, and instead of like taking the last like six wounds off a of dreadnought, I took like thirty. I guess it was. Yeah, it would have been 30, because I hit with all five. And so I did 30 wounds, it would have, like, six left. I'm like, well, that was way overkill. I could have split and then killed the other character, and I would have won the game, and the kite would have been the only thing left, and I would have won. Um, So after that, I was like, I kept trying to split the attacks to, like, okay, I can kill this, and I can sweep and kill this, and and kind of divvy up those attacks. And every time I did that, I would leave one or both models with, like, a wound left. And that happened in my second, third, and, like, fourth games where I'm, like, I left him with one wound. <laughs> so they're still there, and then they get to fight back, do whatever, or they get to run away, and I didn't get a unit kill because all of my agenda priorities and the stuff that I was getting was kill units, and I kept leaving, like, one guy left. Yeah, and agendas are another thing I'll toss out that oh, came yeah, up big yeah. in my f- game against the Black Templars because he had seven characters in the yep. sniping game. Yeah. So I'd pick Assassinate. And I was surprised how many characters I did kill. Because, well, Black Templars, like you said, they're coming at me. Right. Yeah. And so, and it was the knight that, like, killed three of them. And so that's, like, two points. Two points per, yeah. Two points per kill. Yeah. And it, it just added so, up. It was crazy. So I got a unit of Berserkers all the way up to Honored or whatever the second tier of the Crusade play is, which is, like, 16 experience points. Yeah. And I got him there because I played Custodes round three. Oh, they have a couple Same characters. deal. They had a bunch <laughs> of characters. That unit of Berserkers killed three characters. Oh, my. And I took a, a Chaos Marine agenda with uh, Wants on Hate, which is you get an XP for every unit you kill up to three. So by killing those three characters, they got nine XP just off of that. Yeah. And then and then I gave them Mark for Glory and like the extra so that they were able to get up there. But like... They had, you know, so like in one game, they got a boatload. If you pick them right, you can really score with those agendas. And this goes back to what you were telling on the previous episode, Rob, of, and sort of this one, of agendas are like your secondaries, Mm -hmm. but as you said, they don't matter to the game state, they matter for the after. But I think early on, Kevin, we were probably not picking the best ones or optimal ones. I I picked Wanton Hate for all of mine because it was very obvious that, like, yeah, I'm gonna, I need to kill units. Okay. Um, I didn't pick the best ones. (laughs) I I picked Reaper the other time, and the Reaper was more limited than some of the other options, I think. Because you can only get two. You only get two off of it. And I think after I took Assassinate, I realized that, like, oh, wait, I scored like six, and actually I scored like, eight total because there was another another character that was killed so i'm like oh 
there are ones that are way h- harder or swingier, but can get you a lot more rewards. Yeah. So going back, I probably would have redone the the second agenda for a couple of those games. Yeah. But, well, that, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. By the end of it, we were we were getting better knowing what agendas mm-hmm. to pick. And what's funny for me is for my agendas, um, I decided to engage heavily with the other part of crusade that every faction has which is the faction specific doing your factions thing Mm -hmm. in crusade and so i would pick two i would pick you know one or two agendas depending on the size of the game that were definitely focused on actions done during the game to earn me experience and then every game I would all, except for I think one, I also picked an agenda that was all about getting me diplomacy points mm-hmm. because I wanted to take over planets. Yeah. And, uh, so like I, so w- which would cause me to do things like I had, there were two games where I took one called Secret Meeting where I have to get my ethereal to the center of the board. And did, did you have that in our game? Um, no. Okay, so no, I, I didn't. Was, this like, is why you were playing on Forces of Ruin, by the way. <laughs> because you were trying to take, trying over, to take planets. over planets. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. So, yeah, because I, well, I said earlier to, that I was on, out. I said earlier that I was on Forces of Order, and then when we all got together, it turned out we had, what, like, nine and eleven? Yeah. yeah. And so, or actually it was more, it was it a bigger was more, but some other people had A couple of people already. swapped over, like, like there was one of a our Black guard, Templar, a guard yeah. and a Black Templar player, but we had still. He turned a traitor guard. But it still, we still had, like, it was still off by one, so like, okay, I'll jump over to Forces of Ruin because, as far as the Imperium's concerned, sure. I'm, yeah. The the ju- the justification for the guard player to to join Forces of Ruin was hilarious because he had this entire like big guard it was, army. It was like, like a Vestorian army. Yeah, was. it was a really cool looking army, and he had one old beast man like standard bearer model, and he's like. That one beastman got the whole thing, got the whole thing marked as traitor. So that's why they joined. And I'm like, that's hilarious. I love it. Oh, but yeah, so like I, I'd have to move my ethereal up to the middle and then do an action and then, and survive mm-hmm. until the next turn. And if I did, I'd get like, he would get three experience, which was good for him, but I would also get like D3 diplomacy points. Or if I did in the first three turns of the game, which is really easy to get to the center in on game of the smaller tables. And he was on a hover drone, so like he could just get right up there. I'd get three diplomacy points, and so like after every game, mm. it's like okay, I can take a planet. I can just take one over right now, and then that gives me like one of them gave that I took over gave me like a free use of repair and recuperate, so I could get rid of a battle scar that I acquired without That's spending nice. requisition, which was really nice. Yeah, I probably should have done that. I had like four or five battle scars by the I, end of the thing. <laughs> I didn't really engage with the chaos one because it was chaos, there was chaos boon for your leader, and yeah. like Karn was my warlord in most games, and he can't get and any- he can't get XP, so it's like I really. Like, I, I guess I could have focused on, like, the Exalted Champion. And that was, and, like, and that was an issue both of you had, because yeah. you both had named characters yep. as, like... Yeah. I mean, You're Celestine would have got a ton of experience, but she gets yeah. zero. I, I think I, I think I understand why, like, okay, there's a benefit for having named characters, because you get some of the extra stuff, and, like, Warlord traits, Relics. Like, like that's, that's all just free, free, pretty much. That's all free, but they'll never get better. So, like, yeah, I think if yeah. I had to do it again, I think I probably would have taken... Doing a custom a chaos, a chaos, you know, a custom chaos lord. Well, I would do. I, I right now, I'd say I'd take Celestine again. I would sure. take a sister's HQ differently. Sure, if they had one sense. with yeah, if they had a jump pack one, right? And so GW, if you're listening, please make a new sister's <laughs> option for jump pack HQ. Yeah, yeah that would be nice. Um, so yeah, so as for me, so for my Tau, this was the first time I've played my Tau since 
the when we first started trying out ninth edition we played those like games in my back like on my back porch because you know pandemics going on it's like though this is the only safe place we can play and i played like i think i played one game one or two games with my tau and they just got rolled because tau sucked at the beginning of ninth Mm -hmm. edition well and eldar were really good eldar were really good but like everything made me get you really fast i think we also played a game where like i played against like death card against your tau and i I rolled over him as well yeah which says a lot um (laughs) so yeah so like so i and i had not played with the new codex yet Mm -hmm. so like it was so this was very much me kicking the you know just you know knocking the dust off my my town putting him back on the table and i will say i because i was kind of kind of worried that like okay am i going to remember all the new rules am i going to remember like the the my philosophy you know my my battle philosophies Mm -hmm. am i going to remember like the different and i i didn't make full use of like all my warlord traits and things like that. And like looking back, like there are a couple things, but many times it was just cause it didn't come up, but I feel like I got right back into it without missing too many beats. Yeah. And the other thing is, as we discussed before on previous episodes, I did bring a town R, <laughs> yes. which got a lot of attention, both from the people I was playing with and from the people who were just passing by yeah <laughs> uh which was which was cool it, it's it's always fun to bring out something like that that people don't get to see often yeah and sure. as scary as it can be i will say it died in two of the three games that it was present in and in the third game the gray knights player chose to not engage with it after yep. it had wiped out two tread knights in a oh room, yeah like one turn after another uh, same thing like the chitin got a lot of attention too. people were buying like oh my god that's cool i haven't seen that you know so there was a lot like it's neat in these games to like see some of the big spectacle models. And like we mentioned it with Midwest conquest friendly, like those player brought a chaos Thunderhawk. I'm like, I've never seen one of those. Right. So like, it's really neat to see those, especially in a non, like, you know, non-competitive, like non beat face uh, environments, which makes, which is part of the reason why I kind of keep going back and forth for like the friendly, like, should I ban Lord of War or not? If I ban him, like it's going to make it a little more even, but also like, you can't take some of the cool models, like you know. So I, I kind of keep going back and forth on it, right? And yeah, so it's like I think my opponents had had the the opponents who faced down faced down with it, like the Grey Knights player I played round five. You know, he realized it was scary, but like he had a good time in the game, and he ended mm-hmm. up winning the game on points because I chose the mission poorly because he <laughs> made because by choosing to just not engage and hide. It was cut off the head again, so he just, oh. <laughs> he just, I killed one character of his, because yeah, yeah. that was, like, one character got too far forward, and my commander shot him off the board. Sure. But uh, otherwise, um, like, I played against Dark Angels round three and Ultramarines round four, and in both games, the first game against Dark Angels, I took a Hellblaster brick to the face, <laughs> a lot, followed by a Redemptor brick, and he mm-hmm. lost 20 wounds in one turn. Now, I have a strat that lets me act as full, so I then returned the favor and removed <laughs> those two items from the board. So that Dark Angel player was who I faced in round two. Uh-huh. And yeah, like I had that same thing. So it was a 50 PL, so we didn't have as big a brick of Hellblasters. Yeah. But I was able to get the Hellblasters off the table, but their Blade Guard and Ezekiel and the captain that he had yeah, killed for, the kite and like just wrecked everything. Yeah, else. for me, it was when he brought in the uh, Deathwing Knights off the yeah, edge so of the he table. Didn't have and those tra- against me. Yeah, he just charged those in, and those just. Because yeah. it was already down to ten wounds at that mm-hmm. point, they just white, you know, basically crushed its ankles and toppled it. <laughs> but, but it, although it was funny that uh, Captain Lazarus decided to do a suicide yeah. charge onto it, 
threw a crack grenade, rolled a one to hit, which he can't re-roll because he's not core, so he doesn't get to re-roll his own. So he's like, I forgot to pull the pin out. <laughs> That's amazing. And that happened twice. I, oh, <laughs> with, I, the, with a different character. But uh, I had a similar kind of really funny like oh, H, yeah. the HQ <laughs> moment. Um, in the, the third round, we're playing the assassinate for uh, – you kill your warlord with their warlord for the fame and infamy thing. Yeah. And uh, I was facing down a shield captain on a Don Eagle jet bike. We'd both kind of whittle each other down to several wounds. He had managed to, like, I think he had a couple wins left. I had one left. He fell back and then was just a stratagem to charge. So I was like, I'm going to spend a CP to Overwatch. And I missed. And I'm like, I'm going to re-roll this. Because Karn's plasma pistol is always overcharged. I'm fishing for a one. <laughs> to because if my- I shoot myself in the head, <laughs> you don't get the victory for this. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't. I managed, Karn managed to not shoot himself in the head. Aww. <sighs> what, what was the rest of that? And then, and then he immediately died, and like the 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 jet bike just wiped him out. But, <laughs> um, but and yeah, in that Lazarus charged in, threw a grenade, failed to failed to hit with it, and then the townar I went ahead like I'm gonna fire Overwatch, just erased him. But yeah. so it's like, so yeah. you know, and that's it's it's like he saw that like here's this big thing, and he actually picked a mission where I was limited to a very yep. narrow band of the table. <laughs> yeah. He had to bring half his he could only bring half of his stuff in the first oh, game. Okay. But yeah, it's the one that we were looking at. Yeah. But but at the same time it's like I think when people like it's a scary model, but then when people realize, oh, yeah. it's basically if you can kill a knight, you can kill a town art. It just takes yeah. a little bit longer because it's yeah. got six more wounds. Yeah. But that and then the Ultramarines game, like he had a repulsor and two gladiators with like the big last cannons. Mm-hmm. And I took out the repulsor Turn one because it had the twin link to last talons on it, and then I was not able. He he took some wounds off of it with the the last with the two gladiators, and I killed one gladiator, and I could not seal the deal on the third gladiator. And then he brought in two redemptors mm-hmm. on the side and focus fired the thing down. So it's like these things. Like I can have a good first turn, but that doesn't mean the town is going to live. Yeah, if the town does live, then it's. I mean, it's one of those, like, make-or-break models. What I've, what I've kind of realized um, is if you bring, like, one big item like that, if you're taking on a general all-comers list where it's, like, kind of, you know, where you're, you know, especially for, like, a friendly thing where you're, like, taking troops and a couple heavies and a couple things like that and a couple of anti you typically can deal with one. Right. The problem is, is then when, when say for example, somebody like me does something stupid and brings an all infantry list, and I go up against a chaos like a knight player that has <laughs> multiple knights, then I have no chance. I I feel and your pain because that's what yeah. happens with my emperor's children if yeah. I run against knight. Absolutely. Players. <laughs> so it's like that's the so so I I think now that I'm kind of talking through this and getting more feedback, I think what I might do for the friendly next year is limit it to like super heavy auxiliary detachments uh-huh. so you can still bring the one cool thing yeah but not all the cool things yeah because because going in a friendly going up against a night player if you brought if you brought a fluffy orc boy list you're not doing anything against that right and like and i and that's the thing i want to try to avoid yeah but no and yeah that's- yeah uh, but, uh, but yeah, in the end, the, like, the towner got a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. I had fun with it. I got to break out one of my, my biggest And it's got a cool toilet. paint job on it, too. Like, yeah, it looks you. really good. Yeah, I got a lot of compliments on the paint job. Every, and it just, everyone loves to see, yeah. see big stompy models I, like I that. I got a lot of compliments on the model that I had. <laughs> like, that's a cool looking model. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. That's a cool. Yep. I agree. That is a cool looking model. That is a cool model. I think the three of us brought the only super heavies. Also, I don't think I saw any other knights or anything like. I saw lots of guards. Uh, oh no, there was. Was there a no? Somebody brought no, a main I, blade to the Titan walk. But I yeah, see. you're right. No, nobody. I think yeah, the three of us else? are the assholes who brought the <laughs> brought super heavies to it. Well, now to I feel event. bad. Now I feel bad. <laughs> but also, like we. I also like, played my kite. In yeah, the I also PPL went army, one. So like, if, like I, if I was keeping track of record, I went one and four, and I still had a blast. Yeah, so. I don't even know what, what was. I like, went two and three. I lost to Kevin. I yeah. lost to the Slanesh. I beat Templars and I beat Rob. Yeah, and I don't remember my first game. Only, only one of my five games. Oh, I lost to guard. Only one of my five games wasn't super close, yeah. and it was yeah, and and even in that game where where guard. I had the long run to get to the guard and they, you know, they shot me for three straight turns. They only got to shoot me for three straight turns because I failed a couple of like mid range charges. And if I made those, that whole game is different. So yeah. like I ended up getting kind of blown out in that game, but like, but your strategy but, was right. But just yeah, the like, dice failed. Like yeah. two or three different roles in that game is, is I don't know that I win, but it's completely different. So like every game was close and had those like inflection points of, yeah, well, if this went different than the whole thing, you know, yeah. then you win or lose, which is which is great. That's yeah. what you want. I, I will say, I, and I don't want to get too too far into this because it's a it's a discussion really for another day. But I'm really starting to question the how good and by by how good I mean like that it's too good that like the balance of armor of contempt and transhuman <laughs> physiology, yes, like those kinds of rules. No, for sure, because I'm. They like on the one hand they do give those armies survivability, which they do they need. They do need. So I, I acknowledge like why they're there, but man, it's it's kind of a feel bad on, from the other side. It's yeah. one of those things where like where transhuman physiology is very powerful, and that's there's probably needs to be some balance adjustment there because that is very difficult to be like oh you just. Your chitin wounds on a four. I like just that's it. I like, like the Grey Knights version, like the true silver, whatever, where it's like yeah. he can do it once per unit yep. per game, and or, it costs him two CP to do it. Or like what the sisters have, which is the mini kind of version of yeah. it, where it's like one or two. I'm like, okay, so three, four, you know, three up feels better. Like, yeah, yeah. But, but like, yeah, like chitin running up and and doing a smash attack on Ezekiel and only wounding on a four with a strength sixteen. It's like. That's that yeah. still doesn't feel right. It, it feels a little bit weird. Um, I know a way to get around it, Kevin. Judgment tokens, right? Then well, you don't yeah. wound them. Well, but they they don't give those to chaos. Uh. Um, but the other the other thing with with armor contempt, I think it works perfectly fine on space marines. Yeah, I think it works perfectly fine on the marines and infantry. It does not need to be on vehicles. It makes yeah. no sense. Being I'll on agree vehicles. with that. Yeah, because like. Lehman Russ is we're getting armor of contempt. And I'm like, right, and that's a, that's a recent addition. Yeah. And I'm like, why? <laughs> They're plenty tough. Yeah. They, they don't need it. Right. So, there, well, it's just like they, it like, needs to be a more targeted application of armor of contempt. It's otherwise, I think it's fine. Yeah. And yeah. So, yeah. Like I said, I don't want to get too yeah. far into that, but that, it, it's just something after playing, yeah. after playing like three different marine armies and then an, and sisters who Ooh. also have it. It, there was something I really noticed as a, as a regular oh, yeah. thing. And I don't, again, I don't blame them for using it because I was playing the Marines when I had the yeah. town R out. So of well, course they're going to. Well, and, and, and like I said, I had not played since Armor of Contempt had been added, yeah. with a Marine army. So yeah, like my entire Marine army having it, except for Cultus. And then, um, you know, I faced Marines 
twice. So what was really weird is I faced Marines twice, Armor of Contempt, obviously that, and then I played Custodes, and they didn't have it. Nope. And it's, and it's weird. Like, and it feels weird. Again, this is a larger conversation. I think there's some <laughs> tweaks to be made to it that if you're hitting it, almost kind of like what the All is Dust rule that like Thousand Suns had, yeah. where it's like, oh, if it's AP1, then it's reduced to AP0. But if it's AP4, it's still AP4. Right. Some version of that right. would, I think, help balance it out a little bit and then take it off of vehicles. It just needs to be Space Marines. Yeah. Dreadnoughts don't need Something it. Something in power armor, yeah. basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, but yeah, so in the end, um, and also I had fun playing my very aggressive you know, run forward tower, which most people yeah. are not ready for. Breacher squads are great. Breacher I squads. I was ready for it. Well, yeah, but you know how you know I, my, you know yeah. how, you also know how I play Tau. A lot That's of people true. expect me to expect Tau, and I have Castle. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, game five, I went ahead and did, because we did, like, I did a long diagonal oh. deployment. Mm-hmm. I went ahead and switched to Kalyon for that game. Right. And it never came up. Like, I never, <laughs> and so I, I stand by when we talked about the Tau Codex, like, Kalyon, or Monkha's the only one that matters because game, turns one through three, you want to be there in yep. their face. Turn turn mm-hmm. three four five. It's kind of too late, and you still have to be like really close to yeah. get the advantage. Um, so anyway, uh, and proudly, I did take over four planets during my, <laughs> through, nice. through diplomacy and military means. So I'm almost done with my sector. I've got two more to go. Nice. I did hit my burden in every game, and then Dennis. Yes, we're, so, we're, so that's what we're going. So in the end, forces of ruin ended up pulling out a close win yeah. overall for the narrative, but. That wasn't, there wasn't an award for forces, because that would have been like, you know, <laughs> yeah, however many people. Yeah. But we mentioned that, inf- that fame and infamy system earlier. And what it said, like, game five, he comes over and it's like, you may want to try to maximize your, your fame because you're kind of in the lead on having the most famous mm-hmm. commander. And so at the end, we're at the, pri- we're at the award ceremony and they announce, like, they give the results of like, how the narrative came, went yeah. and forces ruin went. And so here are our most famous and infamous generals. And so Dennis, <laughs> congratulations. You won. You were the hero of the day. Yep. Your Celestine what earned the most fame points. Yep. She did. I, I was very pleased with that. I was, I, that's why I said I was like gunning for it. And that's why I think I didn't get a burden, but I will say like I went out of my way to get those points. Absolutely. Kind of sometimes at the detriment of winning. The game <laughs> because Glory, you, that was Glory the story out, yeah. you yeah. wanted to tell for your narrative. It was yeah. Celestine earning earning fame, and as a result, you walked away with a trophy. Oh, I did. It's, it's a very nice looking trophy, which we'll probably get a picture. Yeah, of we'll somewhere. have we'll have a picture up on the uh, site. And then they also did the the they had what they called the treasure chest, the war chest, yes, the war, chest. war chest. So everyone so, that yeah. everyone that came that won a trophy, they get went up, they got their plaque or trophy or you know what have you. Which which as an aside, so for the Age of Sigmar events and like the the 40k event like the gt you got like a rod iron like crafted like trophy that like i went to like pick one like pick one of them up and I'm like oh, zach said they're like cool. 40 pounds they are friggin heavy yeah so super cool price support for those yeah Sorry. And, then, and, and, yeah. and, and so, yeah. And so then there's the war chest. So basically everybody, you, you go up, you get your prize, you get your photo taken, shake a couple of hands. Yeah. And like, okay, now go to the back by the drop site massacre banner and get, and, and you go to get the war chest. Yeah. And that's, it's kind of a nerve wracking experience because <laughs> you get there, the guy who's running it asks you if you're ready. And once you say yes, they'll open the chest and then you supposedly have, well, you, you have five seconds to 
pull something out, and they're there counting five, four, three. I pulled something at three. I was trying to look around. I'm like, I don't know. Just hey, oh, this is big. This is <laughs> you. You did. You, you, you made a good pull. You chose wisely. You chose wisely. <laughs> Dennis wisely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yes, you you pulled out the Bandai Special Edition like Space Marine Primaris Captain model. Grab his armor. Yeah. Yeah. Armor. yeah. He looks very cool. Yeah. Those yeah, the, the Which, ba- those Bandai models. Still though, amazing. that's a fun way to do prize support yeah, instead really of just, you know, where it's like everybody and like these were awards all the way from like the people who who did well in their paint like the, the, like in competition like the consolation brackets, the painting yeah. best of each I, faction or like Grand Alliance and mm-hmm. Age of Sigmar. Uh, Blood Bowl, yeah, Blood Bowl, most uh, casualties, <laughs> most, casualties. Uh, most, most touchdowns, touchdowns, stuff like that. Yeah, um, no, uh, I, uh, I know, and I will we'll talk like I guess a little bit about like just the GT results. But I liked how they did the GT because it was 180 people in the GT, and then based off of like your record after the first four rounds. They broke you into brackets, so you still had a chance to win. Almost kind of like how we used to do, like, like the pods, the, the pods, but a little bit the, different. They, they weren't different. all yeah, they, weren't they weren't all the same yeah, size. Yeah. So like everybody that went one and three went in a bracket, and then if you won your next four games, you could you would get a prize for that. So there were people that went four and zero oh in like the second half that still got prizes. Yes, and like still got and, and and they got you know they got plaques, they got to go in the treasure you know the war chest. So like even if you and there was even a special award for somebody who went 0 and 4 on day one and then 4 and, you know, 0 and 4 and then 4 and 0. And like, that's a really cool way to keep people engaged and keep people in the event as well as like actually, um, you know, encouraging people to stay and continue to play and not drop and things like that. So yeah. I thought that was very cool. Yeah. And, and prizes for all those levels. So. Yeah, and, but at the same time, they also acknowledge like, hey, if after a, after the first four, you're not where you want to be, or even after Sunday, they have a friendly yep. setup for which I don't think anyone actually took part in. I have no idea. I, I didn't see, but they could have been running it off on the side in the same area, right? So, but basically, yeah. it's like, yeah, they're, you know, kind of a fallback event if you're if you're not, you know, happy with yeah. where you ended up, but. But, I was still thrilled with the number of events. Oh gosh, yeah. yeah, and that doesn't even count like the open hobby yep. competition, hobby which, they had, classes, which they also had, which they also had. Yeah, kill Cause, team because Caleb and CK Studios was here doing like paint classes and hobby classes and stuff. So yeah, yeah there was a lot going on, right? And uh, and it was kind of neat being in the hotel where we we hold <laughs> where we held Midwest Conquest, but on the other side in the big convention center in the area. in the big convention area that I remember year one at Midwest. Conquest was going wow this would be a great space for a huge event <laughs> and this and, <laughs> and it now it has and been. now it is yeah, and so it, i was i was proven correct and they they even brought in like a full warhammer store full of like yeah, forge oh world gosh. stuff and we were very and bad we we spent way too much drop, money collecting a couple hot carls <laughs> uh, okay i'm editing that one out but i, I think for each of us have spent <laughs> including like, richard who who came by saturday to hang out after yep, work yep we yeah we all spent in the four to five hundred dollar range yeah because been a Carl yeah and and that not just on models like I yeah, I spent probably true. about half of mine on models and the rest was like on t shirts t shirts and art yeah and yeah it was all really nice and some of the stuff I hadn't seen yeah like I don't know when you get normally prints from yeah. the GW they had the really cool like Rogue Trader cover like the is the White Dwarf Rogue Trader. Uh, cover, but it was, you know, the Rogue Trader cover, that artwork in a t-shirt that was actually in my size, which <laughs> they had had those t-shirts at other events that I've been to, LVO, 
Gen Con, stuff like that, but they're never in my size because by the time you get there, and they've all been cleaned there. out. So we got here Thursday night to do a early check in and we were able to buy some stuff then. So yeah, it was very, very cool. And it's very, I mean, now with shipping, it doesn't matter as much, but it's very nice to have Forge World on site mm-hmm. yeah. in hand, which is why you now have so you a Impulse Revenant Pack. Titan in yeah. hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I, Bought more, I bought a bunch of stuff to start a Slanesh Demons army. <laughs> um, See, I bought I bought the Forge World Karn model. Yeah. So, and then bought another box of Blooded to to pad out my Trader Guardsmen because I'm still hoping beyond hope that that Trader Guardsmen box will have like or that that the uh, Guards Codex will, will have the, rules yeah. for doing as yeah you know, Trader Militar. So I hope so. I, I really hope they do. Uh, and speaking of like the GT, so yes. the final result uh, is Zach Kerstetter is the champion, the best general yep. of uh, the uh, 40k GT. He played Manny Chima, who very well known player. Yeah, and, uh, and they, they mentioned that apparently the final seventy, came down, yeah, came down to one, came down to one point, seventy five wow. to seventy four. Oh my uh, god, Blood Angels beating Thousand Suns, seventy five to seventy four. Yeah. yeah. And I know you ahead of time, Rob, you're saying, well, this guy's getting 90, 90, 90. I'm like, yeah, that, yeah. No. Well, that was one of the cool things they did too. So regardless of pod, they also did like a prize for the person who scored the most victory points across yeah. all of the games, regardless of record. Which was a different, you know, it's like, yeah, it didn't so matter what cool. bracket you're in. Yeah. yeah. You, you did consistently well. There was a war, an award for the person who went 0 and 4 and then 4 and 0, yeah. which was cool. They had two best overalls, one for Age of Sigmar, one for 40K. Um, Andrew Gagno. Technically yeah. won. Uh, he he did win the award for best overall, but because mm-hmm. he already has a golden ticket to go to the uh, the the event in New Mexico. Oh, who was it who went to? It was Kazra. Ka- uh, uh, yeah, Kazra. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, and I'm not even going. I'm going to mess up the last <laughs> name, so I'm not going to. But uh, yeah, Kazra. I think Hashadar. Uh, with a yeah, like a very well painted Ultramarines arm because yeah. I think he uh, he was like the runner up for best painted yes. also I think yes yeah so no it was really cool like they 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 are supporting like a lot of events do but I think they're also supporting a lot of um a lot of levels to the hobby a lot of a lot of ways to engage with the game I also like the way they did instead of doing second place mm-hmm. um they did. Second to one. They did, you know, yeah, second to one. So whoever lost at the top table, because they even said, we don't like it when, because of like points or something, you end up falling to like third or fourth place, even though you were at the final table. So that, that person gets an award. And I, I kind of like the idea of a runner up award yeah. rather than yeah. a, uh, just a second, third place. We've I, talked about, I like the title of it too. Yeah. Yeah. You are second to one. You, you all, you beat everyone else but the final player. Well, we've talked about in the past about how like GW, in the past like old old you know bad guy gw has <laughs> has f- kind of failed in their leadership at role in the hobby of like not running events not putting you know kind of just putting the rules out there and not engaging which obviously it's been a while since they've been that way but it really you know it allowed this community event you know these communities to to, to grow and events to to support different types of play but it really means something coming from gw yeah like yes. they're supporting narrative they're supporting friendly they're supporting blood different bowl. aspects <laughs> blood bowl well and they like, said they're Sigmar, after how like, blood bowl went here at kc they're like we're going to bring blood bowl to other events yeah. we're going to lobby to make sure but we do that but it's just really cool to see like it means more when it's great to have the lvo it's great to have midwest conquest it's great to have nova do these types of things but having gw official open events do them yeah means Some. more 
and it's going to le- you know, it's it's taking that leadership role and it's going to reinforce those types of awards it's going to reinforce those types of events and it's going to lead the hobby in interesting ways and it's going to expand it which is ultimately the goal of all of this well and so, let's let's also make sure we give some credit to mike brandt who was oh, not able sure, to yeah, be here sure. but uh you know he's been i think instrumental in you know when they yeah. they approached him to be the head of of organized play and i think he's taken what he knew you know what he's learned from the tournament circuit and from nova mm-hmm. and kind of pushed for that direction and gotten people involved who are are behind that Absolutely. mentality so like i i think you know, we definitely need to put that there. And also like the fact that they had a rep from Best Coast Pairings on yeah. site uh, at the registration they, table. They to, had that last year at the U.S. Opens yeah. too. Yeah. And so it's, it's, like, it's, you know, obviously an independent product that has not been like purchased or anything by, yeah. by Games Workshop. But they also understand like this is how, like this is the system that you need to make these tournaments function. Yep. Let's have somebody on site. So if there's any issues, we can, we have someone who can square them away right now. So well, and and the other thing I'll say as well is I really like the fact they were doing the golden tickets, which we've talked about before. But you know, if you won some of these events and you know placed first overall like that, you got you they fly you to the final in New Mexico, and yeah, they're going to put they, you in the hotel, and like that's just really cool. Like that's a really neat way to kind of do that to have that final invitational and like, actually have it mean something. And they and even support they, the like even the winner of like Kill Team got a golden yeah, ticket yeah. to play Kill Team against like the best player like what seven of the other best players yeah. in the world. So so incredibly generous like how they're doing that. Yeah. So I I, and I applaud that. Also the the permanent eternal like the eternal traveling trophies. <laughs> yeah. We we got some pictures I of the two hammers. Yeah. Yeah, and and yeah, when you win one of these events, you you go on on that plaque and they they mentioned those things are going to last for you know a thousand years or like that because they're i mean they're forged steel so yeah and, and last year before they had like the names engraved on the plaques behind them the they were freestanding so they were holding them and they're like yeah these are really heavy so yeah, we're the, just holding them for a minute then we're putting it down the sigmar <laughs> warhammer looks like an actual like weapon because it has a long handles like that the the thunder hammer from 40k <sighs> looks like something looks like a metal album. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a heavy metal album, but it's also like very short handles. So like it, I could not imagine like actually trying to like just physically hold it. Like, yeah, oof. <laughs> just much less swing it. Get your transhuman physiology going in. Yeah, there. I mean, you get <laughs> your space marine <laughs> strength, I guess. But. Yeah, but no, this was a fantastic yeah, event. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll toss this out. Watch the space or their GW space. They yeah. did mention in New Mexico. They will announce next year's. Opens. Next year's opens. Yeah. yeah. And also, the, that's the other thing about the narrative. God, I wish I could go because yeah. the narrative there, they have, they, so first off, there's like Nate, I think they sent out, or they mentioned in a, a release earlier, there's, they're going to be like nine named characters yeah. that are going to be involved in the storyline there. And the players who play in the grand narrative at New Mexico will be shaping the narrative. Like the things that happen at that event will be considered canon. Yeah. They w- and they will show up in stories and writing and stuff so, afterward. Yeah. Like, so the example that they kind of gave at the when they were doing the awards was like if you have a if you have a conscript that like bravely fights down like a, you know, a chaos titan or something like that and makes the final win on it, that story might go into the next book and like that'll be canonized. I'm like, that's really cool. I. I wish it wasn't Thanksgiving weekend when I'm like coming back into town. Well, the weekend stuff. before, a yeah. weekend before, but yeah. like it's it's the weekend where I'm like I just I can't do it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I looked. I would the, love to. Like, see, I looked at the numbers and it's just it's, like I yeah. can't make it happen. But too short to notice. I but, wish I could, and I think it's a goal for next year. Yeah. So there, there's definitely 
I definitely want to go back to to U.S. Open events next year. Yes. I will hopefully have a budget to travel next year because I this is <laughs> this year was tight on a couple of fronts because I'm buying a house because I bought a house. But um, I have a little bit more of a budget to travel, so I might be able to go to one or two. Hopefully, be able to go to the finale narrative event there. Yeah, and I would also really love to do the Titan painting class at one of these because. Oh, yeah. and briefly, <laughs> speaking of Titans, let's talk about that Titan yes. walk. <laughs> Titan walk. Yeah, Titan walk, and we'll wrap up. Yeah, yeah, this was something that they just had on a table sign-ups. It was supposed to be you finish your GT round, and they do it like three times a day. Wait, six people, and you get to, air quote, fight against a Warhound Titan that's been dedicated to chaos. Yep. And so you'd have four people, or like two six. on one side, two on one side, two another, and the guy running it, who's with the GW event staff, and as he said, when you go there and start up, he makes up the rules as he yep. goes along. And you bring 500 points of models. Yeah, you bring yep. 500 points of any Warhammer faction you want. And to do this will be three turns. And at the start of the round, he'll roll a die for his initiative, 1d6. Mm-hmm. Everyone else rolls a die for their initiative. If you beat his number, everyone just does their movement and shooting. Yeah. Just, he said, just tell me what I need to save, and I'll let you know what happens. Very, very similar to a night joust. Like, everyone moves and shoots yeah. and does all that at the same time. Yep. And then... The, the Warhound goes, and then afterwards, the other people for that round goes. All the while, he's kind of like playing it by ear, watching things, and dropping, air quote, rad grenades on that remove terrain and also cause mortal wounds for whatever they land on. Mm-hmm. And just, I think, Kevin, you tried to do an assault. Yeah. He killed most of my cultists <laughs> just to environment with, like, rad yeah. bombs and stuff like that. And then I, I, I had the chitin trying to assault, and I made the charge, but then, like, oh, uh demons pop out of the warp and intercept him and now like they can't move because he's interacting <laughs> with the demons and i'm like all right whatever you know because this is all just fun yeah that's know, what he said he, he just he wanted to make fun. sure it it's a lot of fun. something to do for fun it's not yeah. serious don't like her like, you don't yeah we, you don't win anything yeah. we, we were the only group to not kill the titans well by then did you check to see today <laughs> i don't know okay. up to that point up to that mentioned point that we were the only group that had not killed the titan at any of at one of these so we we get a Prize, a I guess, prize for being the worst players of this. <laughs> I mean, he did say we were the worst players, but he also said it joking. <laughs> sure, yeah. No, I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was also it was fun, but it was it, it's blast. also Calvin Calvin Ball version oh, of 40k because he's cheating yeah. like crazy. Oh, but it's sure. but it's fun. Yeah, he's just sure. making it up as he goes along, right? Yeah, for sure. But also, I got the impression everyone's laughing and having oh, fun oh, yeah, right along. So yeah. much fun, and it's also fun to see when you make that. Just like in a normal game, when you make that uber roll or you yeah. get that really big shot in. Yeah, I mean, those, those are the because the bane blade yeah. like hit it a couple of times pretty well, and then he immediately like one shot at it. <laughs> yeah, and then he immediately was like, "Oh, that thing goes away." And like, yeah, it was just really cool. Like, you and you you were able to use your judgment tokens. Yeah, I, you were able to you hit it with a magnum rail at one point, yep. didn't you? So. Actually, I just wanted to have a call come yeah. up to a titan and say, "I judge you." <laughs> and <laughs> and I, you did. I, I, after I, was, I did that, I'm like, "Okay." We, I'm, we I'm got to the here. last round. I think there was like six wounds left yeah. on it, and I had a couple of cultists, and I'm like, "I really want the cultist to be the one to kill this." But <laughs> it didn't happen. No, <laughs> and we we had to like on our rounds, the Eldar went last that mm-hmm. round because they were the only ones that rolled under the I, titan. I. I don't think I ever went first. I think I rolled. I think I rolled. Yeah, the last round. Oh, I guess the last round. Because only the Eldar was, yeah. yeah. Only the Eldar was there. So we had to have the Eldar try and do six wounds and did like two. Yeah. (laughs) But I rolled for crap every other time. So I was always going after it. But it was fun. It was a blast. I had so much fun with it. Yeah. And that's the type of just, if you want to have a little fun event where people just are there to joke around, have fun, make things up. And they all know that, yeah, this is a cool thing. Yeah. You can do that type of stuff with 40K. Yeah. 
So, yeah, and I think that kind of shows the spirit of this entire event. Mm-hmm. It was fun. We were It was a bunch of people having fun playing these games that we absolutely love and being, you know, surrounded and fully involved and engaged yeah. with, with the hobby and just – it was a great time. Yeah. I, I, it's I'm one, glad you guys finally got to experience it like I, I did I'm last year. I'm so glad yeah. that it, it – and I'm very glad that it, it was here and I will – if there's one that's relatively nearby it, next year, mm-hmm. I'm I'll be hard pressed not to want to travel to it because yeah. this was this was a blast and I would do it again in a heartbeat. Well, that I think wraps up yeah. uh, this episode. Uh, we'll be back to our normal kind of programming in a couple of weeks. Yep. Well, uh, I'll have lots of hobby progress to talk about because there's so much Voton coming out. Yes, I do want, <laughs> and I do want to give GW a shout out. Um, they sent us a whole bunch of the, you know, for uh, to oh, preview. Yeah, they yeah. sent us a whole bunch of the Voton models, which I then promptly shipped off to Dennis. And I've put them all together. They look awesome. Those the the paint scheme you picked out looks really good. Well, like, yeah, you. the American really, armor. I, I just co- I just tried to copy what GW put on their site. You yeah. did. I think <laughs> you did a good a job. Excellent job with that. And like, yeah, just looking at the models and like seeing how like the, the, the Thunderkin go together and seeing how the bikes go together. So like that, seeing those options, that's really cool. Uh, I would, I know you, obviously you were traveling as well, so you didn't have a lot of room to bring stuff. I would have loved to have like, if you could have brought the land fortress to see what it looks like, but uh, you remember that, that meme turtles picture? Mm -hmm. It looks like that. Well, I mean, I know, (laughs) I know, but. It would have been neat to like actually see it personally, so, like you know. But yeah, in a couple of weeks, you'll be able to talk sure. more about about your work on the Voton. But until then, from all of us here, at preferred enemies, I'm your host Rob. So I will say it's great to see. I will say it's great to see everybody in person. Yes, so, Kevin yeah. and Dennis, and I'm glad you guys got to be here and experience this as well. Yeah. All right, good night, good gaming, and yeah, if you can get to a U.S. Open in 2023, absolutely do it. It's worth it. It's worth every penny and every moment. Preferred Enemies is an Undergopher Radio production and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported License. Our theme music is Metal Slug 2 Super Vehicle 001-2, No Need to Reload, originally by Takushi Hayamuda and remixed by Roataka, courtesy of OC Remix. It can be found at ocremix.com. Miniatures. We build them, we paint them, we love them. That's why we also want to get them to the battle and back again safely. And that's where Kara Multicase comes in. They offer a complete model storage and transport system. They offer a wide selection of core trays for standard size miniatures, as well as custom cut trays for specific models. KR's trays are made of a soft foam, available in a variety of colors, that won't scratch or snag your models. And to protect the foam, the trays are carried in easily stackable, swappable cardboard cases. They also offer a full range of Kaiser bags, backpacks, and aluminum cases for transporting your KR cases. You can even choose from pre-built tray selections to suit your army, or use the Autofill app to find just the right trays for your particular force. Whatever your game, 40K, X-Wing, Warm Hordes, or Historicals, KR Multicase has the cases to fit your needs. You can find out more at krmulticase.com. 
KR Multicase, soft foam for your figures, hard cases for the soft foam. Are you tired of playing on a boring battlefield? Do you want to step up the quality of your gaming table and make your battle look real? Then you need to check out the battle mats from GameMat. Their professionally designed rubber-based mats are just what your gaming table needs. Available in a variety of styles, with everything from rolling grasslands to urban war zones, winter wastelands to alien deserts, there's a game mat mat to fit any kind of terrain. Their mats are padded, anti-slip, waterproof, and when you're done rolling dice and battling on your mat, just roll it up and stick it in the convenient carrying bag for easy transport and storage. And if you don't have a gaming table, they've got you covered with their folding Gboard portable gaming area and their line of pre-painted resin terrain. If you're ready to upgrade your gaming table, head over to www.gamemat.eu and find the gaming mat that's right for you. Game Mat, giving your armies the battlefield they deserve. 